Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great day that we celebrate that Christ rose again, that he defeated death, that he really is Lord and Saviour, and because of him, forgiveness can go out into all the world. Help us as we uh, read your word and think about it together to recognise just how great this day is. Amen. Well, once uh, my wife Keely and I were driving to a wedding, a friend's wedding, uh, that was over 500 kilometres away. Uh, We'd booked a place to stay, we'd packed our bags and we're about halfway there when we received a phone call from the best man and it was quite a shock. He told us that the wedding had been cancelled. It was such a huge shock. Uh, I then had to call the pastor who was marrying them Uh, But he was so shocked, he actually didn't believe me. And so about five or six times, he asked me if I was joking. And no, 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 I'm telling the truth. We went through the details. He was so shocked that he didn't actually believe it until he spoke to the groom himself. See, sometimes weddings get cancelled. But do you know what never gets cancelled? Funerals. Funerals never get cancelled. See, someone getting married can change their mind, they can pull out, but no one can pull out of a funeral because they're already dead. Can you imagine the shock that Sunday morning when those women, those friends of Jesus, got up early, collected their spices and their their cloth and head down to the tomb to give Jesus a proper burial, because they hadn't had time to do it three days earlier. And they get there for a funeral, only to find out the funeral has been cancelled. Now these women, just three days earlier, had followed Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem, out to the hill of Calvary, as he carried that heavy and rough wooden cross. They'd flinched at every single hammer blow that the soldiers nailed the nails through Jesus' hands and feet. These women had seen the darkness spread over the entire land in the middle of the day. They had heard Jesus cry out to God and they'd watched him breathe his final breath. Then they'd actually screamed as they'd seen the soldier spear go into Jesus' side to check that he really was dead. They'd followed Jesus' body to Jesus' tomb. They'd wept as this huge stone was rolled into place and as the Roman guard of soldiers came and sealed the entrance so no one could come and take his body and pretend that he had risen. And now, on the Sunday morning, as they came back to give Jesus a proper burial. When they got there, they found there was no body to bury. The stone had been rolled back. We don't know where the guards went. We don't know if they were still paralysed on the ground or if they'd already gone off to talk to the chief priest to try and figure out what they do next because their heads are on the chopping block. When the women got here, all we know is the tomb was empty. 
And just the sh as the shock began to set in, something even more shocking happened. Have a look at verse 1. The woman took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Now, they couldn't have been more surprised, could they? Uh, if, if Iron Man flew in in his fancy suit and blasters and landed there, they couldn't have been more shocked than these two men whose clothes were like lightning. Sorry, ladies, they said. This funeral's been cancelled. Jesus is no longer dead. Can you imagine the shock? Can't even imagine. But these angelic messengers actually say these women shouldn't have been shocked at all. Have a look at verse 6. He's not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. What did he tell them, verse 7? The Son of Man, that was one of Jesus' names for himself. It was a name that the Old Testament had promised a Saviour would come. Jesus said, actually, the Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. See, these women shouldn't have been surprised or afraid because Jesus had said that this would happen. They should have known that there wasn't going to be a funeral because Jesus had said that he was going to rise on the third day. They shouldn't have bothered carrying out those spices. They should have expected that that tomb would be empty because Jesus had said that he would rise on the third day. They'd heard it, but they hadn't gotten it. They'd heard Jesus say the words, but the words hadn't hit home. But if before we want to be too harsh on these poor women, they weren't the only ones. It turns out that as they hurried back to Jesus' other disciples, not a single one of them had any clue what was going on. When the other disciples heard the women's story, they thought the women were crazy. One of Jesus' disciples, Simon Peter, who we met on Friday, ran to the tomb to see for himself. He walked in, he found it empty. He went away confused, shocked, afraid. Jesus's was the funeral that got cancelled. But they shouldn't have been shocked or afraid because Jesus had said it would happen. But Jesus' funeral wasn't the only thing that would get cancelled that day. Because Jesus showed up on the road and made a mess of two of his disciples' travel plans. The trip that got abandoned. Now there's a story uh, that came out uh, recently with Queen Elizabeth's death uh, about mistaken identity. Uh, one day she was at her holiday home at Balmoral Castle 
and she was walking around with her head of security, uh, Dick Griffin. And uh, you might have heard this story, uh, I know, because the people that are smiling uh, already know where we're going. And she's walking with her chief of security around the grounds and they met these two American tourists. Uh, these American tourists became obvious straight away, had absolutely no idea who they were talking to. They didn't recognise the Queen. Uh, in fact, they actually asked her, when they found out that she'd been coming to Balmoral Castle for the last 80 years, oh, you must have met the Queen. <laughs> to which she replied, well, I haven't, but Dick here meets her regularly. <laughs> the Americans were so excited they'd just met someone who had met the Queen, they asked to have their photo taken with Dick. And so they handed the Queen their camera and the Queen <laughs> took some happy snaps. Uh, just after they, the Queen took some photos, Dick said, well, now let me, get you, let, let me get a photo of you with my friend. And of course you can imagine, wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall, when they were showing their holiday snaps to their friends and family and realised who they'd actually met <laughs> on Balmoral Castle Lawn. That's American story. Well, I'm not saying it. You just imagine how shocked they would have felt when they finally realised who they had met and not realised. Well, on this first Easter Sunday, these two disciples on their trip that got abandoned had another case of mistaken identity. They actually had no clue who they were talking to. And just like the little story about the Queen, actually, it's, I think it's pretty funny. They're walking along, they're having this deep conversation about Jesus and then Jesus comes along and asks them what they're talking about. Then they explain to Jesus all about this guy called Jesus and what happened to Jesus and how they had hoped that Jesus was the saviour but how Jesus had died. And then they actually go on and say, well, actually, and then we had something even more amazing because some of our friends this morning went to Jesus' tomb and the funeral was cancelled and Jesus wasn't there. Verse 16, they were kept from recognising him. They had no clue that they were talking about Jesus to Jesus, just like a couple of American tourists. See, Jesus had actively concealed his identity from them. We don't know why. Maybe he knew that they'd freak out if uh, they recognised him straight away. But then Jesus explains that actually they shouldn't be surprised or afraid by what their lady friends had just told them. They shouldn't be surprised or afraid that, his, that Jesus' funeral had been cancelled because not only had Jesus said to them that this would happen, but actually the whole of the Bible over the last few thousand years had said that this would happen. The Scriptures said that this would happen. Have a look at verse 25. He... Jesus, while they still don't recognise him, said to them, how foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Don't they tell you that the Messiah had to suffer these things and then enter glory? Now these men are obviously surprised by the news that Jesus' tomb is empty. 
But just like the angel told the women, this stranger who is Jesus tells these men, they shouldn't be surprised. They shouldn't be afraid. The whole Bible had warned them, had prepared them that this would happen. And I would love, I would love to know, I would love to hear, you know, or read a transcript of the rest of that conversation. Because Jesus then takes them on this Bible, must have been their most epic Bible study ever as they're walking along. He takes them through the whole Old Testament Bible from the beginning to the end and he shows them all the way along how the whole thing says that God's Saviour King had to suffer first before he could receive glory. He had to be humiliated before he could be exalted. The whole scripture said he had to die before he could rise on the third day. And then, at last, Jesus opened their eyes. Have a look at verse 30. He pretended he was keeping on going and they said, no, 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 come in with us, come in with us. They'd, the conversation, actually, they say that their, their hearts had been burning within them and they begged Jesus to come in with them. And, and so he comes in and they sit down for food and he prays, verse 30, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And he disappeared from their sight. Now, breaking bread is a bit of a habit for Jesus. It's amazing, actually, how many times Jesus breaking bread comes up uh, in the records of Jesus' time with his disciples. He broke bread uh, from a little boy's lunchbox and broke it and handed it out. He prayed, broke it, handed it out and fed thousands. And then they collect loads and loads of leftovers at the end. Actually, he didn't just do that once, he did it at least twice that we have recorded. And then just a few days earlier, on the night before Jesus was killed, sitting with 12 of his closest disciples in a room, Jesus prayed. He broke bread. He handed it to them. He said, take this and eat it. It's my body. I am the bread that gives life. And my body to give life must be broken. I must die so that you can be fed, so that you can have life. And immediately as he broke the bread, it was like the scales fell off their eyes. Suddenly, the disguise was lifted. They realised this wasn't just any random stranger. They had been walking and talking with the risen Lord Jesus. And then he disappeared. <laughs> Can you imagine the shock they felt then? When they realised, actually, we've been... How did we not notice? How did we not... He's been walking, he's been talking, he's been teaching us like no one. Our hearts were burning. We've never felt like that except with Jesus. How did we not know? And where is he? Where's he gone? I what do we do? Well, they knew what to do. They got straight out of there and they legged it all the way back to Jerusalem. Back to the rest 
of the disciples to say they were right. The women were right. The tomb is empty because Jesus really is alive. We've seen him. We met him. And, you know, they weren't even there very long after they'd abandoned their trip before Jesus came and crashed the party, the party that got crashed. Verse 36, while they were still talking about this with their friends, all of a sudden, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. What a kind and calm and gentle thing for Jesus to say. I'm sure they felt really peaceful at that moment. Verse 37. No, they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. Their fr- the, the women have just told them that morning, Jesus is alive. Simon Peter has confirmed that the tomb's definitely empty. And now these two disciples have come and said, no, he is alive, we've seen him. And then Jesus appears and again, they all freak out, startled and frightened, surprised and afraid. Surely the only logical explanation here is that this is a ghost. But look what Jesus does, verse 38. He said to them, guys, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Come on, guys. I told you while I was with you. The scriptures told you. But you obviously had a little bit more evidence. Verse 39. Have a look at my hands and my feet. Look at the holes. Look where they stuck the nails. Come and have a look at my side where the spear went in if you want to. Come, look See, it is I myself. Touch me and see, verse 39. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones like this. He showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he said, all right, guys, come on. Bring me some food. Bring me some food. Come on, let me me prove this once and for all. Verse 42, they gave him a piece of boiled fish. He took it. And he ate it in their presence. See, they shouldn't have been surprised or afraid. Not only had Jesus, A, warned them, this is exactly what would happen, and B, had the whole Old Testament scriptures said that this would happen, but now C, Jesus says, here, come and see for yourself. There is no need to be surprised or afraid. It's me. I am here. Touch me. Feed me. Come and give me a hug. Punch me in the arm. I'm really here. See for yourself. So Jesus puts it all together for them and he opens their mind. Have a look at verse 44. Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that's written about me in the law of Moses, the prophet, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, 
you are witnesses of these things. There's no need to be surprised or afraid. Jesus said this would happen. The scriptures said this would happen. And now the disciples could see for themselves that it really is Jesus, alive and in the flesh. Well, these are the predictions that got fulfilled. Now, I think um, the disciples were a little bit like one of these. Now, I want someone who, let's see, someone who's under the age of, under the age of 10. Put your hand up if you're under the age of 10. There's one here. Annika, do you know what this is? No. Anyone else under the age of 10? How about you? Do you know what this is? No? Anyone over there? No? Oh, let's see. Okay, a little bit older, under the age of 12. All right, Josiah. It's a floppy disk drive. You know what's funny, actually? I think some kids think that's the, the save icon off their, off their computer. It's a floppy disk drive. And what it is, it's got this little sort of magnetic disk inside. And you used to put it in your computer. And what it would do is you could, you didn't have, we didn't have the cloud. We didn't have USBs or wireless information transfer. We had these things. And you could save files onto here. And you'd take it out. And then you'd put it in the other computer. And you could, and I think the disciples were a little bit like one of these. See, the thing with these is it was actually very easy to accidentally record over something and erase all your files. And so on the back, they have this, this little tab and you could slide this little thing and, was, and what it did is it would protect the disk from getting erased and written over the top. This little write protect switch stops you from accidentally overwriting your data. But the problem is if you put it in with that little and you're trying to save things and you haven't clicked the tab the right way, you actually can't save your information onto the disk. And up to this point, Jesus' disciples were like a floppy disk with that little tab switched across to write protect. It was like they were there, but you couldn't save anything to their memory. They'd heard Jesus' teaching. They'd heard countless sermons. They'd seen his incredible miracles. They'd heard him tell them repeatedly, hey guys, we're going to Jerusalem, I'm going to be killed, but then three days later I'll rise. They'd read the scripture's predictions. But it's not until now, when Jesus opens their mind, when he flicks that little switch on the back, that they can suddenly understand Suddenly, they can get it. They can save it. They can, they can know it. They can realise what's really going on. See, Jesus didn't just open their eyes to see him. He opened their minds to understand him, to understand why and the significance of what he'd done. They shouldn't be surprised or afraid. They should be excited. Because Jesus' resurrection means there's really good news that needs declaring. Verse 46, the good news that gets declared. Have a look. Jesus said, this is what the scriptures told you. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. See, sin 
is the biggest problem for every human that has and will ever live. Sin is our rebellion against God, which means we cannot come into his presence. We cannot be accepted by him. We have no place with him, for he is good and holy. And sin is the very problem that Jesus came to deal with. Three days earlier, this is what Jesus had prayed on the cross. Father, forgive them. This is what he came to do. And this is what the resurrection means. Forgiveness is possible. The good news can be declared. You can be forgiven because Jesus died and rose. All who turn to him, like that criminal on the cross, will find forgiveness. See, because the funeral was cancelled, we have a declaration. Turn to Jesus and be forgiven. Now I've got a question for you today. How's your, what kind of floppy disk are you? (laughs) Have you still got the right protect on? Is your mind still, have you still not realised and believed and accepted what Jesus has done for you and the significance that his death and resurrection brings? Or has that little switch been flicked? Has your mind been opened? Have you believed in Jesus and been forgiven? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll help us not to be like those tourists who went away not having a clue who they'd met or the significance. We pray today that we will go away realising the full significance of what Jesus has done, that he gave his life as a sacrifice in our place to deal with our sin and that because he's risen, he has won forgiveness. Lord, I pray that every single person in this room, young and old, will believe and know that Jesus is risen and that he has forgiven them of their sins. Amen.